bless us together today. Amen. I expect there'll be some come in a few minutes late, but that's all right. We'll start. Amen. Let's just start out with prayer. Jesus, we love you today. We thank you, Lord God, that you are faithful to us. Lord God, you do not leave us to our own devices, but Lord God, you help us. You lead us, you guide us, even correct us sometimes. God, give us a heart, Lord Jesus, that can hear the word, receive the word, love the word, and live the word. In the name of Jesus, Lord, touch us together, we pray. In the name of Jesus. This is a song I thought of while I was thinking about this lesson. Some of you may know it. I love you with the love of the Lord. I love you with the love of the Lord. For I see in you the glory of the King. And I love you with the love. I love you with the love. I love you with the love of the Lord. Anybody heard that before? Yeah? I love you with the love of the Lord. I love you with the love of the Lord. For I see in you the glory of our King. And I love you with the love of the Lord. This morning I am starting a series the Lord put it in my heart to do. I don't know that I've ever done it quite like this. And, and, I'm, and the title of the series is It's All About Love. It's all about love. We understand the scripture tells us God is love. How many of you know that? God is love. There are a few things the Bible says about God. The Bible says that God is one, that God is holy, and that God is love. And, and it is within that understanding when we know that what God has given us in his word, everything that God has done from the very beginning has been from a place of love. When, when the Lord formed man from the dust of the earth, and breathed into him the breath of life, man became a living soul. If you could just picture in your mind God leaning over over his creation and breathing into him. And to me that's the perfect picture of grace. God leaning over us. Breathing into us. Extending himself to us. Everything that the Bible shows, if you look at it from a perspective that God is love, everything that God did for and toward his people, it was from a position of love. How many of you have ever heard the scripture? For I know the plans that I have toward you, thoughts of good and not of evil to give you an expected end. How many of you have heard that before? A lot of people don't realize the context of that is, is God is saying, you're going to go to Babylon. You're going to spend a while in Babylon. But while you're in Babylon, I want you to remember, I have a plan for you. So even in hardship, when hardships come to our lives, we have to recognize that God's attitude and motivation toward us 
is He loves me. He loves us. If you think about it, the Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love. No doubt there's love, joy, peace, long-suffering, but I believe the eight attributes that follow love ultimately are love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not easily provoked. So when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is love. And the Bible goes on to tell us what love is. And so when we understand that God is love, everything in the Word of God is He wants us to know, I love you. I am sitting on a stool. Some of you may not see it. This is actually in your notes, but you see this stool. Amen. It's designed for a particular purpose, right? It's designed that the four legs that is here, it would stand upright like this. And if a person gets a little tired or weary, they can rest on it. They can put their weight on it, and they can trust that it's going to do what it's created to do, right? But let's just imagine that you don't know what a stool is. <clears throat> don't sit on it the wrong way, because it would not give you comfort. It surely would not give you rest it would probably hurt you, right? So I'm not even going to try to illustrate sitting on this, right? But let's just imagine that we think the stool goes like this. First of all, that's not going to be comfortable getting down or getting up. And chances are it won't hold up because it's not created to hold the weight in this position. And I think a lot of times when people look at the Word of God, they don't see it from a proper perspective and don't understand. You know, somebody could use this stool. I'm going to get it there. There we go. As a weapon. And you could beat somebody over the head and may do some pretty bad damage. Even though it's created to be something else, you can use something with a different motivation. Right? And we've known people. Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach to you that you might learn to do them in the land whither you go to possess it. That thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command thee thou and thy son and thy son's son all the days of thy life and that thy days may be prolonged. The Lord is saying to you, I'm giving you this so that you can have a blessed life. Right? Uh, verse 3, Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, that you may increase mightily 
as the Lord God of thy fathers has promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. That sounds like a good place, right? He's saying when you get to the promised land, uh, the, the Lord is giving you this promised land, but just remember, if you will live according to God's word, you'll be blessed. And here it is, hear, O Israel. Read it with me. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. All of you. I have written down oneness, wholeness, completeness. God has given to us himself in, a, in an amazing way. He loves us. How much does he love us? We see that in Jesus Christ, he died for us. He took upon him our sins, our, our, our trespass, our iniquity, our stubbornness, our hurt, our bitterness. He, he became sin so that he could save us. Why did he do that? Because he loves us. loves us what an incredible revelation to know hay's burning wherever you've been wherever you were when you had a revelation God loves me and I think it is so incumbent upon us that when we think of ourselves individually in context of God the Lord truly fully completely unreservedly loves us but here's the thing God desires for us to return to Him that same totality, that same wholeness, that same completeness, that as Christ loves us, we would in return love God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, all our might, all that we are. You, you love God. And here's the thing. That is what God doesn't just hope happens from us. God requires that. Because like all relationships, we are made in the image of God. And let's just say that you love your spouse. And you, you have reserved yourself and kept yourself and, and you love them. How would you feel like if they liked you? You know, I, I might come see you in a couple of weeks. Hey, how are you? Uh, that would hurt your feelings, wouldn't it? Well, well, we are an impression. We are the image of God. And if you feel that way towards someone that you love with all your heart, let me tell you, God feels the same way. The, I remember one time seeing a little video clip of uh, Oprah. She was talking to someone she was expressing where her view changed on God. There was a preacher got up and was preaching about how God was a jealous God. And she said, that offended me. I mean, God that's jealous. And she basically used that as a reason why she doesn't believe in Jesus. Well, let me tell you, Jesus is God. <laughs> the God of the Old Testament is revealed in Jesus Christ in the New Testament. They're the same. This isn't two different persons. This is God. And God has given us to us unreservedly. He died, suffered, 
buried to save us. And so as, as Jesus loves us with all, for us to be in a position so that we can live in promise, where we can experience all that he has for us, we must give ourselves to the same degree he has given to us. God doesn't want us to simply visit him. He doesn't want to be our girlfriend or our boyfriend. He wants us to be fully, totally, completely committed to him. I was sharing this with uh, Brother Frank Jordan yesterday. And I didn't have my title yet. I was just kind of telling him kind of what I was feeling. And he said to me, he said, he said, love is the highest form of discipline. Love is the highest form of discipline. He said, I love my wife, so I don't look at other women. I love my wife so I don't flirt with other women. I love my wife, so I give her special attention. It's not because I have to. It's not because I'm required to. It's not because she might get mad at me. I love my wife. And because of that, 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 that quality, that commitment, that, that, that relationship that I have with my wife, it, it, it means some things I just I don't do. You could say, well, I can't do that. No, I don't want to do that. Why? Because I love God. Because I love God. It's not that I can't go to a stripper club. I don't want to go to a stripper club. It's not that I can't go get drunk. I don't want to get drunk. It doesn't mean that I can't look at pornography. I don't want to look at pornography. It doesn't mean that I don't, I, I can't walk around with a grudge. When I love the Lord and I understand that what the Bible says to me about forgiveness, the Lord isn't teaching me that I have to forgive others so he can just put some cross on my back and watch me suffer and have to. Why did the Lord say if somebody strikes you on the cheek, turn the other cheek? Is the Lord just trying to test you to see, you know, uh, some science experiment? No, because God loves us. He understands to walk around and live with a vengeful, I give what I get, that's harmful to us. Why did the Lord tell the people not to eat pork? Because he loved us. Now, we know that's no longer. But but the, 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 the thing that we have to understand, the scripture in that day, we understand it's hard to cook, cook a whole piece of pork. And you know what pork has? They have microscopic worms. They didn't know that back then. They didn't know if you eat an a undercooked, unclean beast that you would get uh, unclean birds. or You could get, you'll get worms. Yeah, you get sick. Right? So it's, it's not a matter of the Lord was just trying to make their life hard. He had a purpose in that. And so when we read the Scripture... And the Lord has given us John chapter 14 and verse 15. This is, this is the word of God. This is Jesus. If you love me. What's it say? 
if you love me, keep my commandments. What's the benefit? If I love Jesus and I do what he wants me to do, what's the benefit? <laughs> and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him. Jesus is letting everybody know the comforter, hey, it's me. The world don't know who the comforter is, but you know who the comforter is. I am the comforter. He says it. Uh, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. How do we have peace? How do we have comfort? If we love him, we keep his commandments. If you love the Lord, it's not a matter I have to to do this. I have to go here. I've got to go to church. I've got to go pray. i got to pay my tithe. i got to wear this. I can't drink that. i just got to do that. You know what that is? That is turning the Word of God around and, and, and the, there's no comfort in it. it it's, it's uncomfortable. It's torturous. Because we don't understand that the purpose of the Word of God in our life is not to be cumbersome or, or burdensome, though it is sometimes. I mean, it's hard to turn the other cheek. It's hard if somebody cusses you out not to... God blast you. God blast you. Right? It's hard to do those things. But why does the Lord tell us to do those things? Because He loves us. And his, his, his commands, his, his, his principles, his, his structure for our life is coming from a point. If you, the closer you live for God and the more, the more stringent that you bring the word of God on your life, the more blessed you will be. Matthew chapter 13. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When, you, when, when anyone hear the word of the kingdom. Read this with me. What's it say? And understandeth it not. See that? What's it say? Then cometh the wicked one, catches the way that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received the seed by the wayside. The next three kinds of ground, there's four kinds of soil. One's the wayside, one's the stony, one's the thorny, one's the good. The stony ground, the thorny ground, and the good ground, the Bible says they receive the word. But that which cannot receive the benefit of the word refuses to receive it till they understand it. Everybody say receive it is so important for us to recognize you don't have to understand the word for you to receive the word. And when you receive the word, you position yourself to understand it. In Hebrews, it says, through faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God. And when you receive the word, you, you take yourself out of the wayside ground. You put the seed in you so the devil doesn't come stealing. And the reason why more people that say they love Jesus 
don't have joy. More people that say they believe in Jesus that don't have peace. More people that say they, 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 they believe in God don't live a life differently than the rest of the world is because the seed is not received. Because when you receive the seed, there is an associated cost. The rich young ruler went away sorrowful because there was one thing he lacked. You know, we all have one thing. For him, he had so much money that was his God. And he was unwilling to, to deal with the one thing. For him, there was a prescription. The Lord doesn't require that at all. And probably, based on my life experience and reading the scripture, if he would have given it all away, the Lord would have gave it all back to him tenfold. I know I've told you the story about my lawnmowers. I gave away my lawnmowers and until I went and bought a lawnmower. I, somebody always cut my grass, cut the church grass. I went and bought a lawnmower because I felt like it'd be a sin if my children didn't learn how to cut grass. And since then, I've had to get my grass cut. Hallelujah. But the bottom line is if, if, if we have to recognize that, that receiving is the part of the miracle of God's Word doing something in our life. Why, do, why would I receive the Word of God? Because He loves me. And because He loves me, I love Him. I thank you, Lord, for taking my confusion away. I thank you, Lord, for taking my shame away. I thank you, Lord, for taking the devils away. Thank you, Lord, for delivering me. And, Lord, maybe I still have some trouble, but, Lord, I thank you that you're going to deliver me. I thank you, Lord God. I may be in the battle, but, Lord, you're going to give me victory. I receive the Word and I strive to walk in love towards him that loves me. 167 times in my King James Bible, the scripture uses the word receive. Here's an example. James chapter 1 and verse 21. Somebody want to read that for me? Everybody say receive. Receive with meekness. Humility. It's God's word. Who, are, who am I? I'm a worm. I'm dust. I'm, I'm a finite creature. It's God's word. And so sometimes one of the greatest challenges to believers is they just can't receive the word because they're too proud. Someone I know has been trying to, trying to communicate with someone about the scripture. And, and at the end of the day, they have a denomination. They have a, they have a thing they've been taught. And at the end of the day, they're going to have to be willing to be humble enough to say, the Word of God is true. Above my mother, my grandmother, my pastor, my denomination, the Word of God is supreme. And, and it may come at a cost. But it's worth it. Whatever we have to give up for the Lord, God's going to give it back to us, not just in the life to come. He gives it back to us in this life. If a man lives a father or mother or houses and lands, if you do it in the pursuit of the kingdom, you're not going to lose. God's going to give it back to you. But you've got to be willing to, everybody say it, receive it. 
with humility. I may not understand it. It may not make sense to my Western mind. It may seem to be a, a, a weird to everybody else in the world, but the Word of God says it. And I have just chosen to believe the Word of God above everything else in this world. Different version of that same scripture. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. Humbly accept the Word of God the word God has planted in your hearts for it is, has the power to save your soul therefore get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word God planted accept the word planted in you which can save you so to receive that, that Greek word, I meant to look it up so I could mispronounce it that was pretty funny it was funnier than two laughs I meant to look it up so that I could mispronounce it <laughs> that's what I was looking for right there <laughs> to receive means to accept to take up to take to take with the hand to grant access to receive as one would a gift to embrace to make one's own to approve not reject to bear endure to learn how many of you want to receive the word of God I want to receive the Word of God. You know, uh, I've said this before. Pentecost Sunday, in Acts chapter 2, it's, it's, it's the Feast of Weeks. It's Pentecost. And I many times have wondered, why? how was it? In Acts 2, the Bible says that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one place in one accord. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven. As of a rushing mighty wind, it filled all the house with us. I've wondered, how is it that they were all together at 6 o'clock in the morning. That's what, the, that's what when the day of Pentecost was fully come. It's 6 o'clock in the morning. Why, why were they all together in one place in one court at 6 o'clock in the morning? And, and I learned something. That the night preceding Pentecost, they would celebrate the receiving of the Torah. Not the giving of the law, but the receiving of the law and how they would celebrate the receiving of the law is they would stay up all night reading selected passages from the Old Testament. And so all night they had been reading the Word of God, celebrating the receiving of the Word of God. So how were they all in one place in one accord? They were all reading the same text. Someone was probably reading out loud and they were listening. And in that that oneness of mind and audience of the faith of scripture they were receiving it and it was in the process of them receiving the word and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind it filled all the house where they were sitting and they were all filled with come on somebody does that whoo that just how many of you want to receive the Holy Ghost again amen something that prepares us to receive the spiritual impartation of the Holy Ghost is when we will again receive the Word of God. In Hebrews chapter, I sorry, read the Exodus 12 and 9, when the Lord was giving them instruction about the Passover lamb, notice what the scripture says. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, his head with his legs, and with the pertinence thereof. 
when the Lord was giving them instruction on the Passover lamb, he told them, you got to eat it all. Everybody say, you got to eat it all. What's pertinence? New Living says, do not eat any of the meat raw or boiled in water. The whole animal, including the head, the legs, and internal organs, must be roasted with fire. So the Lord was saying, when you eat the Passover lamb, you got to eat the liver, you got to eat the chitlins. You hearing what I'm saying? What's the principle? You got to eat it all. When it comes to the Word of God, you can't just pick and choose your favorite passages. Psalms 23, Psalms 1, Psalms 150, John 3:16, uh, John 1 and 1. You can't just take a part of it. You got to receive it all. Why? Why do we receive it all? Why do we believe it all? Because He loves me. And He has not reserved Himself. The Bible says that He that he came in the form of a servant and make, made himself obedient to the cross. And he, he, he was made sin for us. And he took upon him uh, 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 the chastisement of our peace. He took upon him the shame of our, of our, of our sin. He, he became all of that. Why? So that he could save your soul. And for us to benefit from what he did, we have got to eat it all, receive it all. Why? Because it is a reflection of our love for God. It is a reflection of, of our response to God. response to the word of God it isn't whether someone can show us a, a term paper or a research paper and, and, and explain to us to every, answer every question we have so that we say okay I understand now I'll, now I'll, I'll do whatever the word of God says we must approach the word of God from a point of love Jesus said it if you love me how many of you want to love the Lord? You want to demonstrate your love for God. We demonstrate our love for God by receiving His Word. This here that I'm sitting on is a stool. God's Word, doctrine, principles, and absolute commands. We must understand like this is a stool. That they, these words, these commands, these principles, they are designed to be rested upon, not to strive with, not to fight with, not to cause discomfort, not to analyze, doubt, question, or even reason with. This is His Word. 
I am what it says I am. I will do what it says I will do. I will be what it declares I will be. Foundational, the foundational understanding of the ways, the nature, and purpose of God and all that he has done is summarized in one word, and that word is love. Everything he gives us, there is purpose. There is a proper position. There is a proper orientation. God gave us these things from love. If we receive them with that understanding, we will find rest, purpose, and peace when we receive and utilize what God has given us, God's commands, God's directions, what we find written in fine and fragile paper. In those pages, those words in black, white, and some red, it's a love letter. God loves us. He is showing us the way. He is explaining what we need to know. If we will receive it in the way it is given, we will live, learn, love, and thrive in his word. We can rest in so many other wonderful things in our relationship with God. It's all about love. You know, I was a, a young, know-it-all, prideful, self-confident young man. I was thin, too, at one And I had my share of questions. I had my share of uh, reservations. I had my share of things I wanted to do. And I, I, I had to come to a conclusion that I want God's will in my life. I want to do God's will. And how we, we apprehend that, how that plays out in our life, it's different for all of us. We all come from different backgrounds. God deals with us differently. But at the end of the day, we live in a world of people that find it so easy to say, oh, I love God. I believe in God. I mean, everybody I, everybody believes in God. You got some of the worst whoremongers, the worst wicked people in the world. And if I say that, some would say that's judgmental. But it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, waddles like a duck. That's what some people say. But at the end of the day, we are what we do, not what we say. Jesus said at the conclusion of the Sermon on the Mount, I can't tell you how important it is for you to know the Sermon on the Mount, to read it, to internalize it, and seek to live out those principles. Jesus said there are two kinds of people. There are those that hear my words and those that hear and obey my words. If you want your life, your relationship, to survive the test of time and trouble, you will not just have a casual hearing and knowledge of the Word of God, but you will have a fervent, focused determination. I want to live my life based on what the Word of God says. And somebody said, Amen. I know it's difficult these days. We live, I, I, I'm sure in the days of Jesus and the apostles in the early church, there was false doctrine. There was persecution. 
In the early church, the persecution was they would come knock on your door and rip you away from your children and throw you in uh, the Colosseum to be eaten by lions. They'd rip you away and stone you. The persecution today is a, is a soft persecution. The persecution is you have to live in a, in a way where you feel different. You don't drink like everybody else does. You don't cuss like everybody else does. You don't go everywhere everybody else goes. You don't dress like everybody else dresses. And they will look at you. You will feel... Y'all know what I'm talking about. They look at you kind of strange. And we would say, well, you know, I think maybe being stoned might be easier than that. Maybe the line might be a little easier. But at the end of the day, if we cannot handle, if we cannot stand an askance look or whispered words or false accusation about our motivation and our love and living the Word of God, I could promise you when they knocked on your door, you wouldn't stand for them to stone you. So it's in theory easier, but maybe in some ways it's harder to to fight the gravity of the spirit of this of this age. Say this with me: It is all about love. Can we pray for ourselves in the name of Jesus? Truly, God, I want to receive your word as it was given to us you love us you love me you love me enough to, to give me your word help me to love you enough to live your word Lord God you love me enough to die for me help me to love you enough to live for you Lord God not just in word or deed not just on Sunday and Wednesday not just when it's convenient for me but Lord help me to eat the whole book Lord Jesus, help me, O oh God, to receive all that's in the book. Not that I could save myself, but because you have saved me. You have loved me. Therefore, Lord Jesus, let me to love you as best I can by your grace, through your spirit, with your empowerment. Lord God, with your mercy, Lord, help me to strive to live in a way that honors your great gifts and your sacrifice. And everybody said in Jesus' name, I want to live the way you want me to live. I want to give until there's just no more to give. I want to love, love till there's just no more love I could never never out love the Lord if you know it sing it with me I want to live the way you want me to live I want to give until there's just no more I want to love
just know more love. I could never, never out love the Lord. Amen. We love him together. Jesus, we love you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for your presence that we feel. We ask you, Lord Jesus, to lead us in our love for you. Help us, Lord Jesus, to learn your ways. Help us, Lord Jesus, to understand your word. But most importantly, help us to receive it in faith and in the love you gave it. And everybody said in Jesus' name.